Get that out of your mouth. Let's go. I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. It's fucking Trapo. Welcome to Trapo, people. This is Trapo. Trapo. The show where we talk about what? Stuff on purpose? I guess. I'm Kai. I'm Dustin. I think. I, I, I was born Dustin. I may change my name at some point in the future. The artist formerly known as Dustin. And we have fresh new album exchange for you people. And we're going to see if they're canon worthy. Oh God, we all dying. love the canon. I think I'm going to throw my album out here first, if you're all right with that. I was born all right with that. <laughs> oh, it yeah. doesn't work, does it? No one says that. <laughs> I was born all right with I'm so sorry. No, that's perfect. The first album I'm going to throw out is the sophomore album from a British singer-songwriter named Nilifer Yanya. And the album is called Painless. <laughs> I found this the other day and I thought it was pretty fucking amazing it came out in in 2022 february march it's fresh out the oven kai yes it is have you ever heard miss universe uh i didn't listen to that no she's not very happy with miss universe if you do hear it you'll realize pretty much from the get-go why painless is very i don't know what you say focused yeah in terms of the way it's put together it's musical influences it, it feels like one cohesive whole miss universe is all over the map i think she even said it at some point in an interview she was like you don't know if, if you're ever going to get the chance to make another album that was her first she didn't know if she'd get the chance to make a second so she kind of you know took all these bits and pieces she had in her head and tried to put it all into one thing maybe it wasn't entirely successful like she actually said at one point in an interview she's like who let me put this out i think she's very hard on herself because honestly i think miss universe is a very good album i mean it's an understandable impulse for her to uh almost reject it because i mean she has imposter syndrome she deals with that shit i, yeah. I know what that's like so i think it's yeah. fascinating on its own but we're not here to talk about miss universe we're here to talk no. about Painless, which is better than Miss Universe. Spoiler. So the first song that I had heard off this was L slash R. Sometimes it feels like you're so far in autopilot. Sometimes it feels like you're so far in that kind of hooked me in and i was like okay i gotta listen to this album and uh, i've listened to it like five times since and i think the first song on the album the dealer just kind of fucking hooks you in with this cool strummy guitar and then this twangy bass kind of comes in baseline kicks in it's like a punch uh-huh then you just start fucking grooving or walking to the beat that definitely hooked me in and then the next song is l slash r i don't know i just like the way her voice and the beat flow together that opening riff almost sounds sleazy to me There's something kind of weird and almost like 90s alt grunginess to this album. It doesn't sound like it. It feels like it. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it came from the 90s. It, it doesn't sound modern. like a 90s grunge album, but it has kind of like a 90s indie rock kind of production style, maybe. It doesn't feel like it's from the 90s. It kind of feels new and fresh. There's connective tissue, sure, but it is its own thing. Yeah, in LR, her voice is just kind of weird. I don't know that you're so violent, ultra she sounds like she's on autopilot she's just numb which is recurrent throughout the whole album really 
Yeah. Take me out to the beach. Take off all your clothes. Whatever makes you happy. Okay, whatever makes you happy. Just, just numb. And you know, the first song is called "The Dealer," and the album's called "Painless." <laughs> I mean, bad relationships are basically the theme. Shameless is also very similar, but it has this kind of weird angelic chorus that kind of appears. Shameless is toxic, really. Yeah, it it sounds angelic, but it's one of those tricks where, oh, if you just listen to it, it kind of sounds like happy angelic, but it's not so much... You get the sense, it's almost a masochistic relationship, really. Fed up with it, but you're still in the relationship. I wrote down harrowing intimacy. That was the term I used for this. You can hate me if you feel like, you can hurt me if you feel like, if it feels good, then I'm all right. It's good stuff, man. There's some shit working underneath that skin. Yeah, and I I didn't read the lyrics to every song on this album, but I guarantee you each song you could probably find some deep shit in every other line. There's some poetry in there. Yeah. The song called Stabilize, the next one, it just has this fucking awesome beat. Clockwork melody, man. It's like a driving beat, but she says going nowhere in the song a lot. But the beat is taking you somewhere. So there's this kind of weird, again, kind of conflicting themes between some of the music and the lyrics that kind of force you to really think about what the fuck is going on here. Most of her uh, singing in the album in general is she's not really enunciating very well. And that's by design. There are Mm -hmm. lyrics. She wrote lyrics. And if you pay attention, you can understand most of what she's saying, but you also don't need to. This is the character drifting through her life, numb to the world, the artistic intent. And it's very interesting. And and I like to wrap my head around stuff like that. You understand the intent behind the lyrics. And sometimes that's enough. It's almost, again, it's Radiohead-esque, but it's not like Radiohead. But it's kind of that same feeling where it just kind of wanders. Vocals kind of flow in and out. There's some of that radiohead blood in here it's there you couldn't have made this if you weren't like what is she like 26 and grew up listening to radiohead you can feel it in there yeah chase me which is also kind of kind of like shameless where there's <laughs> fucked up shit going on sounds a little upbeat but it is is not real positive it almost felt apocalyptic to me i did write a note for this song which i don't know if it makes any sense because when i when i actually jotted this down pretty sure i was concussed the song keeps lurching forward like a battered old car on the verge of breaking down i keep waiting for the engine to sputter out and the whole endeavor to coast to a standstill but it manages to hold together until the end falling apart completely like the bluesmobile i had the image of the fucking blues brothers car falling apart as soon as they got to city hall at the end of the movie the song held together until the exact moment it needed to fall apart like i said i had a concussion when i wrote that so (laughs) and that makes sense it's i I was more thinking of like something chasing you that can't quite reach you but i mean it's it's kind of like being chased by the old jalopy or being in it running away from something until the end and then it just fucking dissolves and then it's done and then the next song starts Midnight Sun. Not real happy, painful.
it's not feeling great. No. Which I think is probably why we like this album. Yes. Yes. Part of the reason. Overall, yeah. I do like it when she says. Stop talking to me, you piece of shit. And weird and dark and beautiful. The next song, same thing. It's called Trouble, all in lowercase. Almost like a weird fucked up lullaby. Trouble don't count the ways I'm broken. Your troubles won't count, not once we've spoken. Troubles mean Good. Yeah, yeah it's, poetry. It's I'm telling fucking you. beautiful and fucked up and sad and makes you feel good though. Well, yeah, you're right at the beginning of the song. She sings. The rest of the song is kind of it's almost showing you the way to that. There's a way to be lonely. Yeah. There's a way to do it right. Get the fuck away from the thing that is hurting you. It's like the the dissolution of a relationship. It's finally over. We're finished. There's a way to be lonely. Yeah. Overall, this is the first album that I listened to more than like twice, probably since uh, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, that really caught my attention. I fucking enjoyed this album pretty thoroughly. I have a little fact I'd like to share with you. Before uh, Nila Yanya made Miss Universe, she was offered an opportunity to join a girl group by uh, the guy who masterminded One Direction, Lewis Tomlinson. He was making a girl group. She turned him down because she wanted to make her own music. And I think right. that was a good choice. I would definitely agree with that. Look, she would have $40 billion if she'd probably signed with him because whatever it was that she's involved in, she could have made it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if it's someone who knows how to make people like pop icons, she could probably could have made a lot more money. But you know what? I bet you and I wouldn't be talking about that music. It would be something that my daughters know about from TikTok or some shit. You know what I mean? It probably would not have been as good as Painless, that's for sure. She would have eventually broken off to do her own music kind of like what i mean like what harry styles has done he's yeah. doing his own shit now and you know what i listened to that first album of his recently and uh, you know it's actually pretty good mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty good some, stuff i've heard parts of it it's actually not bad yeah you get the feeling that no matter what eventually she would have broken out and done her own thing but like i said i like miss universe a lot and i, I really really like painless so if she hadn't broken out she did the girl group thing ended up staying in there five or six years and then she breaks out like like say right now the girl group is done so now she's gonna make her own music where would she be as an artist like how are those years in a girl group have affected her pop sensibility you know what music would she have made on her own at this point it wouldn't have been painless to harken back to another episode i feel like tears's next album could be like this compared to color grade she could take what she did there and make something really fucking cool like you said with miss universe it was kind of all over the place some of the songs were cool some of them were kind of weird didn't flow and all this oh, yeah. shit painless is definitely uh, a stronger step forward she's more focused she's stripped down she has one thing on her mind and she's just trying to get through it she's trying to work it out and it's much more powerful because of that okay so i gotta fucking ask does painless belong in trapo essentials canon i gotta say i gotta say yes i think it's a great fucking album i, I think it's a very strong work i think it's a very strong album i would have to say yes yes i would say yes right I don't know. I don't know why I feel conflicted about that. I, I don't see any reason why I should be. How many times did you listen to it? I'm just curious. I listened to it twice. Okay. It's no death magnetic. Nilufer Yanya's Painless is now loaded up into the fucking Trapos Essentials canon. And I'm fucking thrilled about that because I enjoy this shit greatly. It's time for your... <laughs> Get your essay out, my friend. Listeners, crack a beer. I gotta put on my tweed jacket and my reading glasses because uh, it's time for Professor Bacon's <laughs> lecture to begin, I guess. Uh... <laughs> 
the album I've chosen to bring to the table for this exchange is a, a very recent release. 2022's Midnight Star by Krista Bell. I don't know why for this album she's chosen to take her name, Krista Bell, and just squish it together to form one name i don't know why she's done this but she's done it this is her her evolution as an artist now do you have any familiarity with christabel's musical work you know i only looked at her name when it was sandwiched together and i think this album was the only one that popped up under that moniker but i think it was listed separately because i think i have listened to one of her albums before she's prolific on a solo work the reason why i knew of her was through her collaborations with david lynch that's what got me into her because I, I listened to this train it's just the way david lynch as a producer works to uh create eerie and haunting and it sounds like music that, that may have matriculated from a nightmare it came from the deepest depths of david lynch's subconscious mind burrowing out of his head and into your head and now there's beautiful beautiful melodies on top of it the voice of a of an angel singing you to your rest in hell apparently because that's where you're going that's where we're all going but at least there'll be good music at least but there I, will be good music yes that's how i learned about christabel and you know how sometimes you encounter an artist whose voice just works for you yeah it doesn't really matter the context their voice is just always there stevie nicks for probably both of us it's like david bowie or tom waits those guys are just yeah. crack open the phone book and start singing names out of the white pages and i'm there leonard cohen and it's not because he has a beautiful perfect voice it's because it's weird and fucked up and raspy and whatever he sings even if it is the fucking phone book you're gonna be like wow i've never heard that name before i didn't know the phone book could be so fucked up what else you got leonard we're moving to the bees now? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I don't know can't if I can... Wait. I can't take this. The bees? Can't wait till he releases his next album. Bees from the Philadelphia phone book. Now you know there's good music in hell. He's got Leonard Cohen singing the fucking white pages. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that Anyways. Leonard Cohen's in hell. <laughs> because you know he's in hell. Yeah. But anyway, Christabel, she makes music. She's made some great music in the past. Her collaborations with David Lynch are kind of legendary. It's not just the musical collaborations. They are very close friends. A lot of David Lynch's philosophies, a lot of his beliefs have rubbed off on her over the years. Midnight Star is kind of the inevitable conclusion to this collaboration, even though David Lynch had nothing to do with Midnight Star itself. I get what you mean. I don't think it would exist if she hadn't worked with him. Not what, at all. What was that, like 2012 or some shit? This train was 2000. 11. Oh, okay. What was David Lynch doing around then? Was that when, like, Inland Empire came out? No, that was before. Oh, no, no. no that, was that, was, before. that was way before. That was years yeah. before. That was his big experiment with uh, consumer-grade digital video. What a fucking nightmare that was. I mean, seriously. I watched it once because I, I was so stressed out I couldn't do it again. I just remember it being very stressful. I'll tell you something that genuinely upsets me. The fact that Laura Dern was, I mean, she was not nominated for an Academy Award for Inland Empire. No one gives a shit. This is the point where I have to tell you in my attempt to uh, accept the art on its own terms. I had no idea about any of this before I I listened to the album. I listened to it once. I took it on one level. Then I started to like read a little about it and I realized what the album actually is. Then I fell down a fucking rabbit hole. What I'm about to start talking about is my exploration of Midnight Star and its deeper themes. And I'm going to use some terms 
you might think are laughable and they might they might be laughable but i just want you to understand that this is not necessarily about what i believe this is about what krista bell believes her beliefs are the foundation of this album midnight star is on some level krista bell's earnest attempt to save the world that's the beginning she's trying to save the world i have a quote Music and meditation have always been the mediums that have given me the most potential to gain access to greater aspects of self and my understanding of truth with a big T. This album is my offering to others, an invitation for a musical adventure that may take them closer to that mystical place. I think it's an auspicious moment in time for everyone to be seeking and finding that expansion. It's my wildest dream that Midnight Star can help guide the way. Christabel is a practitioner of transcendental meditation. She believes that we, as human beings, exist simultaneously across multiple dimensions through parallel worlds, that we are each, in a sense, facets or aspects of one another. Uh, string theory, basically. There is an element of that in string theory. The belief being that some of these facets, some of these other versions of ourselves, have achieved a greater understanding of life and existence and if we take the time to listen in the proper form, we can hear what those facets are trying to tell us. We can communicate across the divide. David Lynch believes in the, the Jungian concept of the collective unconscious. At some point in his life, he married the concept of the collective unconscious to the unified field theory. He believes the two to be one of the same, that this unified field that bonds and surrounds everything is, in a sense, the collective unconscious. It holds within it all individual human consciousness. Now, this is an actual concept in Hinduism. As we develop through life, we create a persona. This is our face to the world. The illusion of self can be stripped away through transcendental meditation, and that allows us to glimpse, in David Lynch's words, the collective unconscious, the place he calls the wellspring from which all thought, imagination, and dreams originate. You're with me so far, Kai? I, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. As I said, this is a concept in Hinduism that's called Brahman. Mm -hmm. This is the, you're aware of this, right? I am. The divine oneness that connects all living beings. Now, those who fail to understand that they are in fact Brahman because they live entirely through their senses suffer under a delusion called Maya mm -hmm. until you achieve that kind of enlightenment. Until you achieve that enlightenment, you're trapped in a cycle of rebirth. I mean, look, this is an oversimplification, obviously, but the core of it is true. Self is an illusion. There is no God because God is existence. And we are existence, which means we are God. David Lynch uses transcendental meditation as a means of tapping into the collective unconscious to expand his creative mind and bring him a sense of tranquility in his day-to-day -day life. He started doing this while making Eraserhead because his sister recommended it to him because he was kind of losing his mind trying to make this movie. And he credits transcendental meditation with not only allowing him to finish making Eraserhead, to keep him centered, it changed his life completely after that point. He created the David Lynch Foundation to bring others into this umbrella so they can all know the same joy and peace that, that he has. Now, throughout their association, David Lynch and Krista Bell, he's obvious, he's passed a lot of the shit on to her. And now, transcendental meditation has changed her outlook on life. She also believes in reincarnation. She believes in the, the infinite worlds theory. And if that is the case, why can't all of these things be true? That's the general idea here. She chooses to imagine life without limits. That's her whole mission statement, to imagine without limits. If you take all of this at face value, say sure, for the sake of argument, the collective unconsciousness, the unified field is real. Transcendental meditation allows you to tap into that. If infinite worlds theory is correct, if there are multiple versions of us throughout this multiverse, 
could we not in fact use transcendental meditation as a means to contact these other facets of ourselves? That's basically the foundation to Midnight Star. For Christabel, Midnight Star is a character who is living through multiple lifetimes in multiple planes of existence on a journey to self-enlightenment. That's what she's doing through the character. Her character, Christabel and Midnight Star, have had their eyes opened on this revelation. They have seen a capital T truth, and they see it as their mission in life to share this truth with others, to uplift other human beings so that we all understand that we are all connected. We can all live together in joy and harmony. Basically, I mean, I know it's like hippy-dippy bullshit, but there's there's nothing wrong with hippy-dippy bullshit. And that's the path of the Bodhisattva. The Bodhisattva is the Buddhist figure who has achieved enlightenment, and they choose to remain in the cycle of rebirth in order to help others achieve enlightenment. They are truly selfless beings. I, I know. It's a thing. It's, it's, it's a thing, Kai. Christabel is positing Midnight Star as a Bodhisattva coming to us throughout space and time in order to help us achieve enlightenment. That is basically what the album is trying to do. These are vast concepts. The album is doing things that general audiences simply wouldn't care to grasp. Yeah. So what Christabel is doing within the framework of this album, she's couching all of these really heady ideas into what is essentially a dance pop album with a broader sci-fi theme. Got infectious melodies, stuff that you really want to dance to and get you grooving. The bitter medicine, you hide it in a sugar pill to help it go down. Open up unreceptive minds. She's hidden a very real dream of transcendence in this kind of far out science fiction concept album. That's basically what Midnight Star is. Does any of that make sense to you? Or is it not maybe the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life? Um, I understand what you're saying. I just, I, I thought this was more like a space sci-fi epic. I didn't know it was rooted in some of these uh, Eastern philosophy kind of things. Oh, it's that too. Obviously it's that part, but yeah. No, this is like a sigil. This is, she's trying to do something to your mind. I, I find it very uh, fascinating to deconstruct this album under that lens. I mean, in Christabel's own words, the record is essentially the soundtrack to a glamo-futurist TV show that's never existed. Each song is an episode, a different lifetime from Midnight Star, until she comes into the full realization of her potentiality. It's her hero's journey, and my hope is that it might help others to open up to the divine, the erotic, the absurd, and everything else encapsulated in the work. The way I pictured it, the first time I listened to the album. Picture yourself in a dance club in the stars, populated by a collection of life forms of all shapes and sizes, writhing together in bliss to a seductive melody that reverberates through your every atom, emanating from all around you, enveloping you like liquid. Instead of a disco ball rotating at the center of the vast room, you see the monolith from 2001 A Space Odyssey suspended above the mass, a catalyst for evolution and transcendence that opens your eyes and shows you the endless possibilities of eternity. That was my initial image of Midnight Star as an album. I had some pretty strong hints just by listening to the album that there was something similar to this going down where there's obviously a character and they're kind of all connected, but it's not one story but it makes sense that they're kind of snippets from a future TV show that never existed. It's a concept album nested inside a larger concept album. I sent you that picture of the uh, track listing for the album, and this is the part that I didn't get, because buying the album on Bandcamp, like the actual digital album, it has a set track list, and that's how I listened to it the first time. And then when I was looking it up to see if there was a physical copy to buy, the apparent track list is completely different. And I think having listened to it with that track listing, I think that's the way it's supposed to be heard. There's more 
more of a cohesive storyline, especially if you cut out Love My Way, because that's a cover song that shouldn't be in there. On the uh, the physical versions, on the vinyl and the CD, it's a hidden track, Love My Way, so it makes sense that way. The first time I listened to it, it was fine. I really liked it. The second time I listened to it, I decided I was going to try something. You know how on YouTube, you can find anything. You can find like 10 hours of just like rain or whatever. Yeah, there's 10 hour loops of whatever you want. Yeah, you can find those loops of insane stuff. I looked for like a star field. Like you're on the bridge of the Enterprise looking through a view screen. You can see the stars moving uh-huh. past you. I looked up a star field on YouTube, muted it, sat down, got a little drunk. Not a lot drunk, just a little drunk. Just a little buzzed. And I listened to Midnight Star in its, maybe its intended track listing. Man, when I listened to it that way, it just, it hit me. I understand. Like it just made sense to me. All the pieces clicked together, you know? I, I find it fascinating. But the, the thing that gets me is that when you get to the first track, you get to Midnight Star, my first impression is that this is a tribute to David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. it has to be. This Definitely. isn't a coincidence. Definitely got that feeling. So. The countdown in Midnight Star. <laughs> Lifted directly from Space Oddity. Commencing countdown engines on. Like when she says, are you coming down and are you happy now? I feel like those are echoes of ashes to ashes. You get the message from the action man. I feel like those are sly little nods to David Bowie. And also the spaceman of the song. Don't you leave us behind. That's David Bowie. He's leaving us behind. She's pleading with David Bowie not to leave us. Basically, that's what, I don't know. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Maybe. That's it what it feels like, like. It's like pleading for salvation. We are the angels and that we are the instruments of our own salvation. It's kind of a self-help message, but I think it works. We can save ourselves and we can save each other. We don't need God to come down and do it for us. And plus that breakdown. Everything you wanted, everything you need, That's Eddie Lennox, man. I'm, am I crazy? In a good way, yeah. like the best way. Not really, though. It's not really Eddie Lennox. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> it's not I'm actually, not, but... Yeah, I'm not saying she guessed it on the album. Our hero, Midnight Star, worlds apart, but never far, on her endless journey through the cosmos, seeking to unite the universe in peace and understanding. And I know you're thinking, Suicide Moonbeams is next. But no, Suicide Moonbeams is not next, because that is not the preferred track listing. Pearls is next. Pearls sounds very erotic. It's lurid, and it's kind of sexy. Yeah, I would agree. If I sparkle today, like a glass of champagne, don't be shy. There's this wonderful verse in that song, the imagery that it conjures up in my head. Fuck 
fucking amazing to me. I hear that in my head and I'm seeing something. I'm like, what the fuck? This is cosmic. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on. Magical and cosmic yeah. about it. Come on, man. Yeah. You can't you can't ignore that. That's the heat. Bring in the heat. Uh, I think it's wonderful. It's a wonderful song. I think it works better as the second track. But that takes you to breathe into euphoria, which this is the fifth element, right? That's what this feels like to me. fifth element you may remember is in fact love so i mean that kind of fits that's true i'm telling you kai there's something happening here you went deep the music is so uplifting i do want to know the ways of love you feel like a breakthrough is coming something's breaking out here's the quote from her that actually kind of helps with the context of the song breathe into euphoria is about breaking down the idea that consciousness awakening has to be challenging you don't have to muscle your way to awareness you can let go and dance your way there just enjoy it uh, you know what i do enjoy it kind since you're talking about the order i need to admit that i saw you send that but i didn't go through and re-listen to it in that order i don't think it's essential so it's not like a big problem at all okay knowing that they're like each song is kind of an epic episode it makes sense that there would be a correct order but also it may not matter that much if each, each song is within the same world you can figure it out we're at red green blue right now according to the cd and the vinyl that is track four red green blue feels like pure future dance pop one of the notes i had was great groove minogue-esque absolutely our, most of our listeners know we are highly minogue fans so it's probably not that surprising the seven people who listen to us regularly probably know this i like the absurdity of the song the way the song is put together the way the melody the way the grooves come together it's very arch it's very kind of neo-gothic there's something almost absurd about that the song embraces the absurdity which makes it work for me mm. it's not pretentious it's just no fuck it we're just gonna fucking dance know i'm crazy on this but i get the impression of basically cyberpunk vampires every time i hear this song yeah i'm imagining cyberpunk vampires dancing in like a fucking technicolor club just like wild <laughs> pinks and blues and like red just coming down like the dance floor itself is alive with light vampires dressed in latex with high collars looking weird as shit I just having a good time. The visual just makes me happy of cyberpunk vampires having a good time at a club. I don't know. Vampire. I'm sorry. That's like the hill I'm going to die on. I have to send her an email. Is Red Bean Blue about <laughs> cyberpunk vampires? Feels like... it kind of sounds like cyberpunk vampires. Yeah. She'll say, it's about whatever you think it's about, sweetie. David Lynch taught you well, damn it. Krista Bell is much more open because she's actually explained aspects of the album, what it means to her and what it should mean on a larger scale. She doesn't keep her cards as close to her vest as David Lynch does. Oh, 2139. sea with no wave like a dawn with no day nature made a mistake a memory i dreamed a million times Multiverse, this is midnight star falling in love 
she makes an intimate connection that has a flash of other worlds in which she and her lover are together. She's haunted by these visions of love and unity and is driven to make them real. She's got the signs and she's trying to figure them out, seeing glimpses of these other realities. She's got to put the pieces together. That's the whole fucking point. about romance i mean it is i can feel you haunting me she's seen something else other versions of herself other versions of her love according to the official track list love confit comes next it acts as more of a haunting echo of another time another dimension is it real is it fantasy she remembers do they can they love crystallizes perhaps they aren't destined to be together this time but she's patient she knows their time will come again sooner or later maybe in the next life maybe in a thousand lifetimes she has faith that love is stronger than death the conclusion of the album is this one-two punch the album as it seems to be envisioned on cd golden skies track nine and uh, suicide moonbeams is track 10 that's the conclusion golden sky is this great revelation on a journey of enlightenment the future you danger isn't over but the destination is worth the cost because the stakes are beyond life and death the stakes are eternity the process of ascension getting a cosmic view and releasing the fixation on details that may hinder the feeling of ultimate fulfillment which is the awareness and worthiness of divine love does not come from anything you do say or achieve but by simply existing I think that's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah. You're worthy of love simply through existence. You don't need to worry about being worthy. You belong already. And that leads to suicide moonbeams, which is maybe not the conclusion, but it's certainly a conclusion. Everything is possible. Open yourself up to the universe and become one with eternity. Yeah, it kind of makes more sense because in the Amazon Music album version, that's the second song. It kind of makes a little more sense because it seems very big and epic. It makes more sense being at the end, I suppose. And it's very sweet. That's the best, man. Yeah. At this point in the album, at the conclusion, Midnight Star has ascended. She's become a bodhisattva. She's remained behind to bring us all into the light. This is the message. It's the path. All are welcome. It's the essence of Mahayana Buddhism, basically, the core tenet of which is that the path of the bodhisattva is accessible to anyone. And the defining nature of the Mahayana bodhisattva is the universal aspiration to end suffering for all sentient beings. That's what Midnight Star is. That's her goal, to end suffering and to have us all yeah. transcend to a higher state of being. Paradise is attainable. It lies within each of us if we have the courage to seek it out. Midnight Star is lighting the path to Nirvana, and we're all welcome to join her on this journey.
I think Krista Bell has done something amazing with this album, Kai. I really do. It kind of moves me in ways I can't easily articulate. I can't say that I do believe in what Krista Bell is trying to sell me. I can't say I believe in it, but it makes me want to believe. Yeah. I want to believe that there is a midnight star somewhere out there in the multiverse on an endless journey to save us all from hopelessness and ruin. I want to believe that. But here's the thing. Maybe she is real, Kai. If you can accept infinite worlds theory, if you can accept concept of the collective unconscious of reincarnation, then maybe midnight star is real. Maybe she's one of Christabel's facets, this voice of radiant light echoing through the collective unconscious and Krista Bell's just using her music as a means to help us attune to the frequency of the message. I want to believe that it's real. It might as well be. Maybe it is. That's all I have to say about Midnight Star, an album that I did not expect to uh, send me down a path that led to Eastern philosophy, to Buddhism, to transcendental meditation, to the unified field theory, whatever else. I didn't expect that. But it happened. I'm not an expert on any of these terms and any of these uh, ideas and concepts I'm just fascinated by all of them and apparently Christabella is very fascinated by them as well because she has folded them all into her greater life philosophy that is exemplified in Midnight Star. That's what I have to say. I think Midnight Star is fucking gorgeous. It's a great piece of art. It is a piece of art. It's art. Yeah, definitely. Overall, I really enjoyed this album also. Question I have to ask. It's coming. Do you think Midnight Star from Christabel belongs in the Trevo Essentials canon. Well, I vote yes, clearly, obviously. I voted yes in like 100,000 different like universes. 15 different times. I gotta say that this sci-fi epic fantasy is right up our fucking alley, and it, it deserves to be in the canon. Yes, so that's wonderful news. 2022's Midnight Star from Christabel is officially inducted in the Trepo Essentials canon. That's a two for two. We did it, Kai. We did it. Fucking two for. So now that we've uh, concluded our musical journey, all that's left to say is, ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, we would like you to join the conversation. It's easy to do. It is. Go to our official Trepo blog. We have a blog. We have a fucking blog. It's insane. We have a blog? B-L-O-G, my friend. Blog. A gross word. It's gross, it's real, and we have it. Go to traposhow.blogspot.com. That's T-R-A-P-P-O show.blogspot.com. We've got uh, movie reviews. we got playlists. we got all sorts of garbage that you can just waste at least five or ten minutes reading. Hey, you Find know what post. else? What happened? What? What? You can send us a fucking email. Oh, God. Traposhow at gmail.com. No. T-R-A-P-P-O S-H-O-W Traposhow. Traposhow.com. I need to stretch shell out some money. Get that domain name <laughs> under lock and key. Need to hit up GoDaddy. I spent all my money on a Crystal Bell record, so I can't <laughs> afford to give it our domain name. You can you can end it. You can end this one. Send us out, and, Kai. All right. And that uh that's all we've got for this episode of Trapo. Thanks for listening. Keep in touch. Keep listening. And um go outside. In nature, nature, nature. It might be really cold where they live. Uh, well, yeah. Don't die. 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 That works. Stay the fuck off the internet. Trapo, the show that talks about stuff on purpose, is a Fenderman Incorporated production.